owners don't have to exit. They don't have to want to exit. Uh, they do have to plan in order to have whatever it is that they're trying to do be successful, but they don't have to leave. Hello, this is Elizabeth Mower, president of BEI. And I'm John Brown, the founder of BEI. Each episode, we take you into the world of exit planning, sharing the stories, struggles, and opportunities of business owners and their advisors. We'll get into this episode's conversation right after this. As an advisor, you have the technical skills to assist business owners in exit planning. However, few advisors know how to package the process and use it to drive the demand for their service. Learn how when you attend an upcoming bootcamp workshop. Visit exitplanning.com forward slash bootcamp to see the latest schedule and to register. That's exitplanning.com forward slash bootcamp. Don't miss the opportunity to take advantage of all exit planning can offer and to set yourself apart from the competition. Welcome back for another episode. We're back today to talk more about planning for business clients and the kinds of things that we are seeing. And John, you wanted to start us off today and kind of on a topic that you've been maybe thinking about a little bit more lately, or you've got, and and maybe Mm -hmm. you've seen some examples Mm -hmm. of, tell me, tell me what you wanted to talk about today. So, so today I'd like to talk about the unintended consequences of exit planning for business owners. I thought that would be kind of a cool title. Right. Well, and it's sort of, um, it's not an oxymoron, but it's, you know, the, the planning is supposed to create intended consequences. Right. And, well, maybe we'll back up for a second and talk about what those are. The intended consequences of planning are uh, having your business, uh, you know, be go to the next owner that you choose. Mm-hmm. And on the timeline that you set for yourself, if you're a business owner, and having your business have the value that you want or need from it. So those are, those are intended consequences mm-hmm. of planning for your business. And that's really what most people spend all of their time on is, okay, what consequences are you intending to, uh, to get? Mm-hmm. So that's what we mm-hmm. would have called goals. Right. And what do we have to do to get there, which is the part where we do the planning. Right. Okay, so that would be the normal course of things. And what other kinds of things then can happen? How, how do we get unintended consequences? Well, I think the unintended consequences is a result of doing all of that. So most owners, as we know, or that we know now, need to do some planning and take action on that plan to grow their business. And we talk a lot in, in, at BEI about creating transferable value, which means you create cash flow, you create business value that exists apart from the owner. Mm-hmm. So that when the owner wants to leave, the value can be transferred intact to the new owner, whether it's a third party, the kids, an ESOP, whatever. So we call that transferable value. Well, what happens occasionally is that as the owner does that, takes does the planning, and has to do things like develop a capable management team that can run the business without the owner, put in state-of-the-art operating systems so that the operations and, uh, and management of the company can continue without the owner being present, diversifying maybe the customer base more widely. So instead of a few perhaps customers relying on a relationship with the owner, now there are far more customers not reliant on the owner. So what's happening 
as we develop transferable value is that the owner's role becomes less important. Okay. The owner's no longer, the business is no longer dependent upon the owner's performance. Mm -hmm. Well, the unintended consequence of all of that is that the owner starts to like being in the business every day or when they want to be in the business a lot more than when they have to be there to work 60 hours a week to get all the stuff done. Mm. And mm -hmm. so we're finding that owners are happier in the business and the business runs well without them. They're making more money. I think in general we can say that the last decade the owners have been making, generally speaking, more money. And so that the, the urgency to leave the business isn't there. And, right. I, and I think we can, the, the evidence I would point out for that is, boy, probably starting 10 or 15 years ago, we started reading, hearing about this big land rush, this tidal wave, this tsunami of owners wanting to exit their businesses. Mm -hmm. it Many trillions of dollars yeah. of business wealth are going to change hands in the next few years, and it will be very dramatic and and... Uh, owners should be ready to do that successfully and advisors should be able to help them through right, it. That's, right. That was the messaging 10 years ago. Yeah, and so I think two things have happened. One, there's the larger group of business owners who haven't developed value sufficiently to allow them to exit, so mm -hmm. they're not exiting. And then, But we have this other group where the, we have the unintended consequence of, yes, I did develop value which means I don't have to do nearly as much in my business and I can still make a lot of money and do the things I want to do outside the business. Right. And this kind of also then plays into, it's not quite, it's sort of the, sort of the um, corollary on this unintended consequences is that we also see that if they like what they're doing and they're not burnt out mm -hmm. and they're not uh, sort of being crushed by the day-to-day -day minutia or um, what some of my clients called babysitting and their responsibilities within the company and can do the parts that they really mm -hmm. enjoy. That's good. They might stay longer. And then we can also see that business owners are, uh, you know, comparing the amount of money that they can earn from owning a business mm -hmm. to the amount of money that they can earn in investments from those that same from that same values so of my business is worth $10 million then what income stream am I deriving off right. of it today? And I'm happy, so mm -hmm. I'm, no, I'm not trying to run away anymore. Right. And then comparing that to, okay, if I took those chips off the table, paid taxes on that, and then invested the remaining amount, what would the return that I could get be? Doesn't look that good. And we've talked about this yeah. some. It's one, yeah. it's one of the things that, uh, that sort of flows through some of the content that BEI produces is that you know, business owners have to make that assessment all the time. And so it's mm -hmm. not quite the unintended consequences that now they they have more options, really, is what right. you're saying. Right. The more they can stay. So or they can who, sell. Or they can sell. And so they have more and better options available to them and more business owners than maybe we expected, maybe more baby mm -hmm. boomers than mm -hmm. we thought, are sticking around. And they're also evaluating, you know, what else, what are my other choices? for things I could be doing or ways I could be making money or continuing to benefit my family. And they're saying, this business is actually not a bad. And they like doing it. Yeah. Their friends are there. Their customers are their friends. The employees are people that look up to them and vice versa. So I think there's a lot of 
non-financial benefits of continuing to own your business, which then may raise a question in the minds of the people listening are, here are two people who have an exit planning business, helping business owners exit their businesses, and now we're suggesting that maybe that's not what you want to do. Right. Um, but that's okay. For us, what we're trying to do is create businesses that are successful, that can run well without the owner's presence, and then it's the up to the owner to decide what she wants to do. Right, and exit is whatever an owner makes yeah. of it. And that just goes back to fundamental planning in the way that, you know, what I usually call BEI style planning, which is that 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 owners don't have to exit. They don't have to want to exit. Uh, they do have to plan right. in order to have whatever it is that they're trying to do be successful, but they don't have to leave. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say there are a lot of professional advisors who maybe uh, get a little wound up about the idea of helping business owners exit their businesses and maybe have blinders on, don't always see the options that are available to their clients mm-hmm. to stay in or do less or maybe shift the way that the business operates or participate in. Uh, I've, had, I've seen lots of businesses where they uh, essentially break up the business activities into these different kinds of things, and a business owner may stay with a smaller portion. Right. Well, they could still be active in maybe a subdivision or yeah. a particular segment of the business. I think that's, that's very typical. The one thing I would add to all of this, though, is that if you're an owner listening in and you're thinking, well, that sounds pretty appealing to me, by all means, move farther along the road. But one thing we should pay particular attention to in that scenario is business succession planning, business continuity planning. What happens, business owner, to the business and to your family if something happens to you? If you, you know, become mm-hmm. disabled or you die during this lengthened ownership period, we really need to deal with that scenario so that the goals you've set for your business and your family will be achieved whether you survive or whether you don't. Right. I tell people all the time, one of my grandfathers lived to be, I think, 102. And had he been, you know, an owner of a very successful business, he he wasn't, he was a regular guy, but, but had he had a very successful business when he was 65 or 70 years old, instead of decided not to leave, I yeah. things are going really well. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna keep this business. Keeping it until age 102 would have required some pretty extensive planning, <laughs> uh, in, yes. order, in order yeah. to have it go well and have it end well. So even business owners who who do some planning, change their mind, decide to stay, delay their departure, mm-hmm. or something like that. That brings up additional planning, I agree with you, that needs to happen so that this longer connection to the business can can be satisfied. Mm-hmm. This actually brings up sort of one of the unintended consequences that I was thinking about when you uh, mentioned this topic, and that is that, you know, in family business, we now see that if, yeah. if parents, founders, uh, moms and dads are sticking around with the business longer. They've raised their children in the business. One or more children are active and are working in the business. Those children are have to deal with the fact that mom and dad or whichever one of them is involved is maybe not 
leaving. We've got lots of business owners who've got, you know, children who are in their 40s and even their 50s, sometimes their 60s. The children have not fully been able to take over ownership of the business because the parents are staying longer. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's create it does create a little bit of an unanticipated, you know, an unintended consequence in family dynamics where in previous generations, you know, so 50 years ago, that just wasn't quite so much of a thing. The children grew up in the business, took over the business. They took over during their sort of what would have been their prime working years, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. aged, you know, 25 to 55 or something in there. They really take over leadership of the business. But when the parents end up staying involved longer, the children don't get to take over as quickly, and somebody who's w- looking at the overall sort of, um, you know, the, the sort of, uh, I don't know, the biosphere that has all of these moving yeah. parts in it is going to need to think about that because what do these other generations of yeah. the family need? If the first one is holding on tight or holding on a long time, that's maybe okay. Mm-hmm. And it's certainly, as we've said, it's their right to do. But subsequent generations have to change their planning as well, right? Right. It, it, it could. And so, again, we can be, talk about these unintended consequences uh, forever because th- there can be a lot of them. So in Elizabeth's scenario, what I found is that a lot of owners want to hang in the business, but they don't necessarily need, especially in a family-run business, they don't necessarily need to control everything. Uh, sometimes they just want a place to go to. They want to maintain some of the customer relationships. They want an office uh, in the office building that they're in. And so they just want to still be part of the business, although they're not averse to transferring ownership and maybe control to the kids. Mm-hmm. I think that can happen a lot. And then the, maybe the final thing I'd say on all of this is that if you're thinking of staying a long time in the business, you need to explain that to your key people. Right. You, you need to have... So they don't wonder. Yeah, they wonder. And they're going to say, well, he's you know, 74 years old and he's still hanging in. What's going to happen to this business without him? And what's our future in the business? You need to have a plan. You need to have uh, a way to motivate and keep these key employees long-term where they see the benefit of staying long-term with the company and they see that ultimately there is a succession plan in place Mm -hmm. so the business doesn't fall apart. So staying in the business indefinitely, you don't need an exit plan necessarily to exit on a certain date, but you do need to do all of the planning to build transferable value, to keep the key employees motivated, to keep the successor owners, maybe the children, uh, happy or at least satisfied with what ultimately is going to happen with the transfer of ownership. Mm -hmm. And there's all different kinds of these kind of, I would say for for the most part, nice unintended consequences or benefits of doing of doing proper planning very small examples i can think of before we close would be things like i think i'm going to put my business on the market and sell it so i start getting the business ready i start cleaning up and making sure that my financials look good that my operations are up mm-hmm. to date that my um, that my sort of engagement in my marketplace is as effective as possible and 
Uh, and when I've done all of those things, it affects my profitability in a way that I didn't fully anticipate yeah. that it would. It affects my my business's ability to be successful because mm-hmm. I'm no longer making decisions on, you know, geez, I'd like to be able to take the last year of the month off. So let me change all of our projects around for that. Now I'm actually running my business in order to build what you call transferable value. And it gives me some other options and it gives me uh, maybe some uh, opportunities to sell the business in a way that I didn't have before. Right. So, and it might give me uh, those, you know, the planning that I do for business continuity, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So, what if I die or become disabled? What will happen to the business? Who will do what? Okay, well, if I do that planning today and communicate those plans with other people, I have now created a more stable business where people have more information and mm-hmm. there's lower risk. So if I reduce the amount of risk in my business, then my unintended consequence might be that I'm able to spend more time away from the business. And that's not really what I was trying to do. I was really trying to protect the company in case in case I have a stroke. But now I haven't had a stroke, but I can actually go off and do some other things. Yeah. So unintended consequences comes throughout the planning process where we're really trying to achieve one thing and we may end up with all these other kind of potential benefits right right all right well i think that that all it really does all we've done today john is say planning is good and lots of good things come from Mm -hmm. it so but that is what we think so i think it was accurate well that's also why we plan that is why we plan (laughs) so join us again for another episode we will be back to talk more about why we plan and how planning will impact businesses their owners their families their communities Uh, their industries and all other matters. So thanks for being here today. Thanks, John. Thank you, Elizabeth. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Join us for our next episode. For more content like this, please visit exitplanning.com.